Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Fleming is there on the edge of the area. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown Podcast. We're live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. Welcome, I'm Johnny, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Dana and Elliot, and well, a new season is upon us. The 2021. that's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, this season kicks off next week, where Borough is set to start their Carabao Cup campaign against League One. Shrewsbury Town at the Riverside, um, which is pretty much an empty stadium, which is very strange indeed. But before we chat about you know the the, the, the season, we're going to chat about the, the summer so far, and let's chat about the nine players that have left uh, with only former QPR captain Grant Hall coming in. Um, obviously, Neymar have signed another deal as well. So that leaves Millsborough with 19 senior players, including three goalkeepers. But Dana, before we come to Shrewsbury, uh, let's chat about the transfer window so far. Um, are you surprised that Borough uh, have only got one body in so far? And are you happy with the signing of Grant Hall? I'm not surprised. No, it's that, that meme, isn't it? Disappointed but not surprised. I think that sums it up. Um, you know, even if you're taking COVID out of the equation... There's just no trust in the recruitment team. And I've seen a lot of people call people bedwetters, but that indicates that, you know, it's unsubstantiated worry. Um, and there's worry for a reason. You know, this is not a month-long problem. It's been a three-year-long problem. So that in mind, I'm not surprised, no. Plus, coming off the back of last season, the fact that we massively struggled, we almost went down. You know, we're not an attractive prospect for, for players. And I would say a project, but the, there really isn't one. And I think that's also a hindrance and, and a deterrent for players as well. Yeah, I was going to say with obviously you mentioned like attracting players. Um, it's a question I was probably going to bring in a bit a little bit later on. But with Neil Warnock in charge this year, he's obviously got that one year one year deal. Do you think he's a quite attractive manager for players to come in though? He is, but he's only here on a one year contract, so I think you've got to take that into 
the equation. I think it's definitely a factor. I don't think it's the biggest problem that Borough face in terms of bringing players in, but you know, a player can have contract offers on the table and he can see the record that Neil Warnock has, but then what happens beyond the twelve months? That you know, yeah. there might be a shoe in in a Neil Warnock side, but what about the successor? And I know I'm looking beyond this campaign here, but Borough communicated to us that it was a one year deal, so you have to sort of think is that a, you know is that another deterrent is that you know putting players off because there's no long term there's no longevity there yeah there's, there's no real plan to, to, to buy into and i think with that else um with one sign coming in like like Dana, like Dana mentioned then obviously so many players leave like likes of friends shot and clayton obviously mm-hmm. friends got a three-year deal at birmingham i don't even know how he's managed to to get that to be honest like Honestly, I was doing him a favour there. Honestly, God, it's his last deal, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But obviously, with how many players coming in, how many players do you think probably Borough are going to need? Because, like I mentioned at the start, like 19 senior players, three goalkeepers, and obviously there's some younger players obviously in there as well, so it pretty rounds things up to about 24, but seven, about seven of them haven't really got first-team experience. Um, so that leaves with a big gap. But how many players do you think we need? Um... Uh... I think we probably need every position um, covering, um, even with the signing of Grant Hall, because um, we only had Dale Fry before that who was who had any game time at all. So we're left in. It's difficult because I think even when we were saying this um, on the season review podcast last season, we were saying you know seven and eight, and it's it's just looking looking poor, especially when uh, the amount of targets we've lost so far. Um, but it, it's weird because obviously we're still looking at centre backs. Clearly, we're linked with Gibson and and um, other people. I think Gibson's separate to that, so I think we're actually looking for two centre backs ideally. Um, we're clearly looking at centre midfielders. We've been linked with a lot of those strikers. We've even been linked with a goalkeeper, even though we've got three. That's the only position we're probably the most stacked in. Um, we don't seem to be going for any sort of right or left backs or right and left midfielders, which makes me think if he's thinking of putting Colson and and Spence as the wingers, then again, who then fills in that right and left back? I think he's going to play a three-five-two. Yeah, I think we're going to, I think we're going to have to. And I know, I know he wants to play a four-three-three, but unless we really do some business now in in the remaining months, he might have to start with that. And I know the transfer window goes on till sort of mid-October, doesn't it? So he could still try and get players in. But what what would be left um, mm. in that case is. is you know, there's a lot of people who've already moved. Um, we don't clearly have the money to. It's a case of, yeah, you could get someone, but are they going to be any better, or could you just actually bring people through? Yeah. Um, yeah. So with the with a three five two, it suits the the actual current crop of players and what we've got. You've got Mbola coming back now, which he could have improved quite a lot, even though he didn't replay much at Blackpool. Um, you've got Anthony Dykstiel now is fit, and you can play more of like a central role because he did play in centre defensive mid at the time. I, I, I challenged before moving to to write back in like the last six months of their promotion season. Um, obviously, you've got, it suits Spence and Coulson because I don't think they're... Well, I think Spence could really play in the back four quite comfortably. I just don't, don't think Coulson's strong enough there. Mm. And also, we don't have an actual natural left back because we've got Neymar, who is a, a, a wing a wing back or like a winger. Um, really struggled trying to defend. Yes, um, mm. struggling there. And obviously, pretty much every goal I think we conceded came from him. Um, and then you've also got, obviously, Baller, who's supposedly be that natural left back but since I said to him last year I thought I thought he was going to have a good season I'm not going to go back to him yet He's, he has to prove his worth <laughs> to me now um, but then also Coulson as well Coulson played well under Johnny Woodgate but 
I don't think he's a left back. Not not. In, he's got no. pulled. I remember the first. I think first home game last year against Brentford, where he just got pulled apart that second half. I think when he has to tuck in central when we're under pressure, he he doesn't know where to position himself properly. So um, he is suited to being out wide, and and that's yeah. you know well, either a wing back or a wing as a role. You've got Neil Warnock there, who's uh, is defensively very shrewd. Uh, so it, it might it might help him out a little bit, but. Ellie, if we can't bring in players then, and the first question of the new season goes to uh, Blaine Gowland, and he says, which academy players would you like to break through in the first team this year? Because if we don't bring in players, we're going to probably have to look to the academy again. Um, is there any players in mind? Um, I mean, in terms of... Uh, I think some of them actually did make some appearances last year due to the amount of injuries we had, and I think that there'd definitely be a shoo-in to, to get in would definitely be Nathan Wood and Sam Stubbs at centre-back. If we're you know if we're only going to the season with Grant Hall and Dale Fry, they obviously can and have to be on the bench at least one of them. Um, you know, Wood is I think at least three years younger than Sam Stubbs. So you maybe think Sam Stubbs would get first part of call. He's had maybe four, five loans now. He was on loan at two different clubs last season. One was Den Haag. Obviously, it got cut short because of um, coronavirus. But um, you know, he's he's twenty one now. He's I think Dale Fry's probably only maybe a year or two older than him, um, mm. so it's not like he's he's young and he hasn't had game time anywhere else. Um, so I think they're probably two shoe ins. Maybe Steve Walker up front, but again we've got two strikers. You think a third striker wouldn't be sort of getting that much game time anyway? I think we're still looking to obviously bring one in, um, and then Mali and Little in midfield. I think midfield's probably an area where we're not looking for too much in. Obviously we're clearly looking for one by the by the players we've been linked with. Um but they they could be they could get a chance. I think Ben Little obviously got a chance last year, didn't he, against Tottenham, was it in the cup? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> got through right in the deep end. Easy yeah. debut, sir. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, brand spanking chance, you. Chance to play at Wembley, wasn't it? So it was um it was good. But um yeah, I, I think they're they're my pick of who might get who might get a shout. Okay, fair enough. Uh Dana, any you can think of? Probably the same. Um, Hayden Hackney's been in and around uh, a few times. He's only young, isn't he? I think he's 18. I was having a look. Um, centre midfield as well. I don't know. I think there's there's a few. We are going to rely on um, under-23s. I think it's been a month since we signed Grant Hall. Great signing, by the way. I forgot to answer your question from earlier. But, um, yeah, we're going <laughs> to... Great deal. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's got you know he's got that leadership. We need that, but we need much more. But yeah, we're, we're going to have to rely on on the under twenty threes this season. So, oh, could be anybody. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there's, I've picked out four um, of potential academy players that I'd like to see break through. Whether they do or not is probably going to be a uh, well. I don't think they will. I think it's going to probably be another year. But we've seen the likes of Jed Spence and Hader Coulson last year come through. So who knows? Who knows? But the four players I went with, Sam Stubbs, I think. I agree with you, Els. I think it could be a chance for him this year. 21 years of age. Went on a couple of loan spells as well. Did he probably learn much from Alan Pardew? Probably not. <laughs> but like, we'll give him, we'll, you never know. Um, but the three other players haven't featured um, in, for the first team yet. And it's uh, striker, for the striker Roman Burrell, um, Isaiah Jones and Sam Follerin. I think this... I think there's three very exciting players. Burrell, very, very, very pacey. Was Burrell the one that we signed? Signed from it? Grimsby, yeah. yeah so the three players I mentioned there, they've all came from non-league football. Um, Roman came from Grimsby. And then I think Isaiah and Sam came from Tooting, I think. Um, so the three players that obviously came from sat down south. And 
every time I sent to see these under twenty threes, they're always getting mentioned. They're always seem attacking. When I've seen the highlights, they look they look progressive in it. Think they probably just they probably need this season first team football massively. I think as I went up to was it Saint Johnston, I think in in, yeah, in, did, in the yeah. January. Um, I think he needs to start. Obviously, coronavirus came in, so he, he hasn't had much game time. But if you can get out on loan this year and get some first team football and come back and really show your progression. Then I think the the world's oyster for all. I think them. I think that's the thing with young players, and I think um, we maybe kind of think of it too much as that you you do need the experience, and you do, and it's vital. But I think young players have clearly got the ability to do it, and that's why they've, they've been scouted and they've been kept in in clubs for so long. Um, I think it's more just a mental side of it that they maybe not necessarily don't have the belief, but they sometimes think, "Am I sort of worthy enough to be out here?" If, if, pros and and people who've maybe got promotions or maybe even won a trophy um and it's that case of being a step up to be like actually i am as good as them um and i think if there's anyone who can instill belief and confidence in them as there's someone um yeah. as experiences um and he said tony pulis there deal warnock <laughs> same, same person really isn't it <laughs> uh well so with it with that though i think academy football and pro football completely different things like mm. the physicality of, of of more like a senior football is a lot harder I think that's, I think when, especially in this country as yeah. well I think it's yeah. a, a, a very tough game compared to maybe in, in places well, in well, Europe well that's it and when you play academy football it is more technical and you mm. have some really quality young players there it can be quite high intensity but sometimes when you go to say more of a senior football you you, learn, you have to learn to really dig deep and you might have to two foot someone once in a while. You're going to get snapped if you're a winger. You yeah. know you've got to try and learn those traits and progress your career. But well, let's move on. Let's tra- keep trying about transfers. So Dana, Charlie Good, Joe Williams, uh, Kiefer Moore, I think was another one. They're all signed for different championship teams: Brentford, Bristol City, and I think where did Kiefer Moore go? It was Cardiff, Cardiff, yeah. yeah. Respectively, and obviously, friend <laughs> Joe Knight off for a three-year deal, which it just makes me laugh to be honest. Three, <laughs> three years. He's thirty-three next month. That makes. Honestly, With very little sense. Are you sure it's a three-year deal? Yeah, two years option with third. Imagine that, like, just you know, you know. George, sorry, George. Thanks for everything. You know, you've you've done everything for Millwall Football Club. We're just going to give you one-year deal. You know, maybe we'll give you a coach. Who knows? I or oh, oh man, I'm going to band back together. Let's let's do this <laughs> two or three-year deal. Signs Clayton certain Ayala, so which could potentially happen. By the way, mm-hmm. um, he's modelling the kits already as well. He's he's like yeah. Um, one of the well, red, I mean, and, red and blue kits as well. It just, I mean, obviously, yeah, he would as well. He's them. he's clearly clearly better looking than all of their squads. Yeah. So he's I seen a photo of him the other day. Away, he's wearing like a flat cap from a, oh, someone got from Peaky Blinders. Blind. Yeah, like, yeah. It just makes me laugh. Honestly, it's so funny. But um, <sighs> enough about AR. Enough about that. Uh, enough about that Spanish. Well, he's not even a prince anymore. He's a traitor. I thought you were going to call him a rat. Oh, he's a rat. Look, what I was going to say, actually, then, it was, uh, why do you think Borough are actually struggling to bring in players? Is it because we, we live in a an area where it um, looks yellow and the steel works? And, and the smog and mills. Yeah, static mills. Is Danny it, Mills. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Mills. <laughs> Danny Mills just in the skyline putting everyone off. <laughs> like like ba- like the Batman bloop spotlight. <laughs> it's a photo of Danny Mills. <laughs> hey. uh, but it, obviously, by that, I think that's obviously that was a bit of a... Uh, I, I think the Gazette kind of regret that now, but it's... Um, why do you think they are struggling? Because is it because it's that one-year plan from Neil Warnock? Is it because Neil Bowser thinks that Ian pounds too much for a wage bill? Um, like, 
I'm trying to like put some pieces together because we are like seem to be yeah. missing out on a lot of targets which we seem to be linked with. Yeah, I think it actually is genuinely a, a straight month since we signed Grant Hall, and I remember thinking that's a great end to July. You know, we've you know the kits have been released, we've got Neil Warnock, you know, a new signing, and there's just been tumbleweed ever since. That we've come close to deal, so I don't think money's an issue because you know we were willing to pay. I think almost. 2.5 million for Joe Williams which I'm I'm massively gutted we didn't sign him by the way because he would have really improved great, great our midfield sign, yeah. yeah it'll be a fantastic signing for Bristol City um, I just don't think that we are attractive for players like I said there's no longevity you only have to look since 2017 Borough have had four managers they've went forward and, and pushed the play button on long-term projects and then shortly after replaced them with short-term fixes Gary Monk, Tony Pulis, then Jonathan Woodgate, Neil Warnock. There's, there's no protection there of players, and um, you know I, I don't think money is necessarily an issue. I have to question what the sell is from the you know the the negotiators, Neil Bowser, whatever. You know what is their selling point of the club? It's it's I mean it's ridiculous. You know we've been used to bad transfer windows, but I don't think we've been used to one this bad. Yeah, it can it can potentially be a quite hard sell, else, else can't it? I think. We've obviously like we've been mentioning it's just can you really buy into a project if you're a young player coming in as well? Because if you think about it, Neil Warnock's gonna be here for a year, it could potentially be another role in you. It's I think I think that's hard I, sell, think that's, I think that's the issue. Like I think everyone knows it's a hard sell. We know that that the players who are potentially coming here know that. Um and it will be for a lot of clubs. I think there won't be many clubs right now who have um a clear vision or if they do they'll know that it's going to be hard to maybe achieve in the in the current climate. Um, but I think it's not our job to potentially do that. It then comes down to, as you said, Dana, with the, the chief negotiator, that you have to make it seem as though it's the best place on earth and that the club they're coming to, the you know, trump it up. It, it, even if it's not going to be like that, you have to, that's, that's your job of being persuasive and being manipulative and, and getting a deal over the line. It's all about the sales and negotiation side of it and, it's clear that you know Neil Bowser, Neil Bowser, and whoever else is involved in it are not doing that well enough, and the the people at other clubs are doing it better than them. Because um, you could maybe argue, yeah, um, Brentford is maybe a bit of a better sell um, than Borough, so maybe you know that, that kind of rules the Charlie Goodwin out a bit. But when you look at it in the entirety, they swooped in like last minute. We should it should have been over before Brentford even got involved. Yeah, um, and then other ones you think. Are we that much worse off than Bristol City? Yeah, you could say that the league position last season, but how many times have we chopped and changed positions with Bristol City where we're above them or they're, or they're above us? It's just a little bit of a phase now and you think yeah. it's not like, well, if you come here, you're, you're going to be playing with a loads of inexperienced kids. You've you, you've still got people like Johnny House and Panny McNair, George Savile, Ashley Fletcher, British Ambalonga. You've got players who have played in the Championship um, and in the Premier League for that matter, so... I don't get why we're still struggling to do it. It's it's not like we're trying to sign, um, you know, top end championship players who you maybe think you know it only go to the top two or three or maybe come to the, the teams have just got relegated. We're trying to go for League One players and we, we can't get them, so it's mm. it's just baffling. Well, put on in a player's perspective, then we're playing like devil's advocate. So if you're a player now, you're out of contract, you've got a high salary. Are you just going to wait and keep waiting until the season pretty much starts to lower your value? Because I think Borough could be potentially playing the field as well. Because when you, you do become a free agent, you are you are 
you haven't got a fee, so you're not entitled to any of that money which you get paid, which someone pays for. Um, you go, on, you tend to go in on a higher salary because like Aaron Ramsey is a fine example where he's getting paid 400 grand a week at Juventus um, when he was getting paid about 100 k at Arsenal at the time. So you can afford to give yourself a higher salary because it's going to be cheaper probably long term. But obviously players right now, do you think it's going to come to a point or breaking point where they go, right, I'm going to have to lower my wages to get a club for the season? Yeah, possibly. I think there's, the, I think Neil Warnock's mentioned it. Obviously, the 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 market's quite difficult because, like you said, not even just clubs but players. Everyone everyone's going to hold out for the best deal possible, whether it be clubs or or people, just because you know everyone wants a good deal. You don't want to feel like you've had to do a bad deal. But it's, it happens in every transfer window where there'll be a point where, you know, some has to give, and then it's like a domino effect, isn't it? And it just starts rolling through. And this is probably one of the quietest transfer windows I've I've seen, maybe until like the past week. And I'm talking not even just the championship, just across the world in general. It was there was just like nothing. And then obviously then the past week, obviously we've seen people like Rodrigo and Chelsea signing everyone and Messi and you know all of this now. So um, it's starting to maybe take off a bit now. But um, it's uh, it is a bit of a weird time, and I think. Money isn't perhaps an issue, um, as you as you mentioned, Dana, because we were willing to to pay that for for Joe Williams. But I think it's a it's a thing where we're not going to be overpaying, which is potentially a good thing because we know how much we have overpaid in the past. But at the same time, it's like you can maybe go out with a whim and do it if it's for the right people. I, I think when we've perhaps done it before, it's been way over the odds, as we mentioned for Paddy McNair and Ashley Fletcher and George Savile. But I think if we're you know, if you're going to push it out from 1.5 to 2.5, it's not like fives and sevens, um, mm. which is big differences in the championship to go from two mil to seven mil. Um, so, I think one time we've just got to take a gamble because yeah. if we keep missing out on on the number one targets, the number two and the number three down the list are obviously not going to be as good. That's why you targeted them as your third choice. So, yeah, we're doing a Ben Strickland asked a question um, about financial fair play. He, in the question he said he said it resets next year it's, it's actually um, it, we know there's no financial, financial fair play this season just due to COVID um, yeah. so actually, we, we were meant to reset next year it's actually resetting this year technically um, but is it kind of a case that Gibson just isn't injecting as much cash and transfers anymore or is he, has Gibson got an eye on the you know what we're not going to have fans in this year or for the majority of the season we need to keep our, like, cut our cloth accordingly because we are obviously letting people go as well in terms of the jobs so is that is it a case of Gibson just doesn't want to inject the funds now, or is he just simply just trying to be cautious? I don't. Yeah, I think he's trying to be cautious. I don't think he's actively looking to not inject cash because you know one thing that we can hang our hat on is that Gibson will. But you know, I think you know with Charlie Good, the fact that he's he played last season League Two, um, you're paying almost a million for a player from League Two and you know he could be a good player the fact that he's signed for Brentford probably suggests so but I think with Borough's record recently with Baller, Brown these types of players that just still haven't really lived up to the mark I don't think Borough can afford to add to that and risk it and risk a player coming here for a £1 million fee and suffering the same sort of fate in terms of the struggles that Baller, Brown and even Dyke Steele to a certain degree uh, is faced so I think you know I don't think Gibson's looking to not pile the money in for deals but I think they're just trying to be smarter about it which unfortunately yeah. is seen other players sign for other teams and that's what, I think especially when it's um, 
maybe that versus getting someone on a loan or a um a free agent i think that's maybe where you think okay there's probably other people out there you know just let charlie good go to brentford if if it's going to be for a mill because it could be it could be a, a big risk um but yeah I, I think maybe the ones where people have paid and we, we've held off i can maybe see why we why I haven't wanted to because like you said if we went out and signed someone for 2.5 mil it's a bit you know it's a, it's a bit like sticking two fingers up to the people and we don't know who's just lost the jobs but sticking two fingers up to the people who've just lost the jobs at the club now and you're thinking all right you're going to spend two and a half million on on one person do you know what i mean it's it's a bit mad and i know i know it happens at the massive clubs all all the time and you think you know how can you be spending 90 million on kai Havertz and you've probably let, had to let your tea lady, tea lady go during covid or something like that but um it's it's just a I think when when we've lost out some of the the free agents and loans, that's when it kind of gets a bit, you know, what are we doing? That's that's where we're clearly not selling the club well enough. Um, and I get it, it's competition. There's the 24 clubs in this division, and a lot of them are good and ex Premier League. They've you know you know they've got good ma- some clubs have got good managers as well. Um, so, but it, it would have just been nice to not see us miss out on 20. All sort of targets. Well, um, one Bora, well, one player that's linked with Borough is former Arsenal until they strike the Yaya Sunogo. Um, this deal's been going on for about two or three weeks now. So, Dan, I'm going to ask you the question is he a go go or no go? Jesus Christ. Wake me up before you oh, go. <laughs> that isn't in the queue at all, is it? That, you just came out of that. Go-go. Oh, my God. So we need That's the only reason I want to sign him, I think. But wake me up before you Sunogo. Yeah, that will just be his song. Every UFPL week. team. I was yeah. laughing at myself when I was writing that question of saying, "Is he a go go or no go?" I, just, I was like giggling at myself. I was like, "Dan is going to love this." Uh, but yeah, too. Is is he someone you bring in? Obviously, six foot four, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's kind of looks like a, a Rudy Gustad replacement, really. Yeah, but he does. Obviously, good pedigree. I mean, to be fair, he's a free signing and is likely to be third choice. I think if he was coming in to replace Fletcher or Britt, I think that's where I would ha- have an issue with it. But just looking at his goal record, um, four goals in 16 appearances last season, nine of those were starts, 99 career games, 26 goals. Um, but when I looked into it, he scored 10 goals in 13 games in the French second division. Um, he, he played in the championship with Charlton. He got three goals in eight. He's got a hat one, trick. Yeah, one of them, it was a hat trick. And then he got <laughs> he got sent off on one of the games. I was thinking that's a good record. And then I realised it was just, just in one game. game. Just all in one game. But yeah, um, I don't know. There's there's sort of slightly mixed reviews from Charlton fans actually in regards to Yasunogo because upon reflection, people were saying he was rubbish and that you know he was he was useless. But then at the time when I sort of scrolled down the the archives of the tweets, people were saying you know why isn't he playing? And, and it was short sighted from the manager not to put him in the team so I was a little bit confused but um, yeah free. I mean a free transfer it's, it's clear looking at his record that he's not a top flight striker but it's fine because we're not a top flight club and we're not going to be for, you know, for a considerable amount of time I would imagine so I'm not mad at it I mean I must admit when when the link first came out I rolled my eyes into back in the, like, 2003 okay. <laughs> oh there's the first one of the, of the season <laughs> but no you know I don't think it's a, a bad sign especially on a free transfer Okay, fair enough. So I guess it's wake me up before you know you don't go, so no go. Um, moving on, then we'll go on. Uh, another question from Thomas Peacock, um, and I'm going to put I'll elaborate a little on this a little bit more. Obviously, when Neil Wonks came in, he just said this. He looked at players that can't defend, and it was just like I'm not having him. So that kind of pinpoints well, there's a problem. Um, so Thomas Peacock asked the question, saying, "Why do you think Gibson hasn't taken any action to fix our recruitment team that have consistently failed?" For a number of years, um, 
Look, Gary Gill's the head of recruitment. We've, is he? Yep. Uh, we've seen... Well, is he? Um, <laughs> Adrian Bevington, he came in. Great question. Uh, he, he came in um, and just left after three months after saying he was it was the golden thread and how golden that was. Um, look, it's... Why? Why do you think we've we've consistently failed? Are we are we looking at the wrong statistics? Are we have we not got the right analysts in there? Do you think we should be looking to always improve off the pitch as well? Well, why I asked that question about Gary Gill is because I've been lurking on one more quite a lot recently, and one and they believe more. that he's distanced. He's been distanced from the role. Absolute smell you later. So I don't know. I I would imagine Gibson has made changes. I remember in the. Uh, press conference where Neil Warnock made that iconic line of well they can't defend um, he mentioned somebody called oh, what was it Sam I think yeah who is Sam it. yeah I believe he's new um, again lurking on Womborough um, I think he's a, a yeah I remember him to, saying the name yeah, Sam yeah. the people in Womborough have like, a camera outside this, out the training ground oh it's brilliant honestly I, I do I love Womborough it's great all the ITK even the Gazette was scooping some ITK from them earlier on this uh, month but yeah um I think they are they are making changes, but I just don't think they've been publicised. I don't know what the recruitment team are doing. I obviously don't have that perspective from inside. I'm just an outsider looking in. But you know, there has to be something wrong. I mean, when I talk around, assembled that that core of the squad. It seems as though we were going with upfront fees plus add-ons and bonuses. I don't know whether that's the same or we're overpaying on the upfront fee and maybe the bonuses are, are put into that. I don't know, but. <sighs> I mean, you can't just sit back and accept the the dodgy recruitment. Steve Gibson's not thick. He'll know that Borough have failed uh, and signings have failed and that they need to address those issues. Um, Like I said, I just don't think that... I think there's been changes they just haven't been publicised. I think it's also partly it's... um, That it almost just passes them by. And uh, and when we kind of sit here and and we say it all, I'm not not kind of saying it's an easy job to do and it's, it's an easy task to just go out and fully sort of sit down and, and think right who's doing what um in the recruitment team how many people is and this is kind of again the unknown we don't know how many people there is and exactly everyone's job roles and, and what they have to go and do um but it's it's a case of i think it, it's just not running as effectively as as other clubs um and we probably don't have as many um in the recruitment team as perhaps other clubs i know we let people go last year um, not just Adrian Beverton, but other people who were just genuine scouts. Um, so it just makes me think that you know we're. It's almost like, um, and I know we're going to bring it to. I'm going to bring it to marketing for a sec, Johnny. But you, you know, obviously, with companies, when the the first thing they do when they want to cut back costs is to cut back marketing. Yeah, and we always say that's budget. you know it's it's the, the biggest thing you can do, yeah, yeah. the biggest mistake you can do. And I think it's almost the same here, where you know I think when we've maybe had to cut costs in the past, we've cut it from the one source of where you're going to then use it for squad building in the future um and it's one part that that is vital to continuing um of, of keeping your squad going and bringing in new new faces um so i mean if that is the case then then it needs to be looked at in a, in a case of like you know like i keep saying who's doing what um are we doing it well enough at the moment no um and do we have enough contacts from both the people who are in that recruitment team and Neil Warnock. I think he mentioned in that same press conference, didn't he, about he, um, he, he mentioned like one as an example, I think, of uh, 
Victor Camaras's agent, um, and he could speak to him and ask if there's anyone in that market and, and things. And you think that's obviously that's where Karanka used his pull and, and obviously Victor Arter as well. Um, and they've done it again at Birmingham. What was his name? Uh, so the, the player they signed for Melchior? Ivan Sanchez. Ivan Sanchez. Yeah, you know, the, the Birmingham. I know even before, actually, before um, Karanka got there, they signed a few Spanish players um, the other season, didn't they? But... Um, it's a case of you know are we are we using our contacts to to our uh, better our ability as well? Um, and I just think it's just not running very effectively the whole department, um, and it's quite clear it's not. And it's maybe it maybe he realizes that it needs to be changed, but it's kind of like what can we do? And it's kind of it goes over your head a bit, and you're like you don't obviously just want to sack people straight up. You've got to sit down and be like do we job better essentially <laughs> um it's it's you know i think um we obviously have done some good deals um a long time ago um and and we can and i don't think obviously that the pull is um satanic mills and whatever else i, I think it's because you as we were saying in the, in the car on the way up you know there's there's so many areas um elsewhere in the country where you go and you think this this I wouldn't live here as well in, in major cities. <laughs> so, um, you know what I mean? It's like, oh it's not, God. it's not that Borough's not a, a pull for, for living here because, um, you know, I see high in the steelworks anyways, a million miles away from Wynyard and Yarm and everywhere that, where they're going to live. It's not on the same side of yeah. the Teesside anyway. Herworth's absolutely delightful. You know what I mean? There's exactly. Wonderful... Let's put the, let's put the Jeff Stellan clip on. You know what I mean? Let's just put that on. I was thinking yeah. that, you know. And just, that. Maybe that's what they should do when, when, um, when they sit down with them as the cell. Like Bowser just whips out that video and just puts it on, just puts like, it on the projector. Like a three, just three slides. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a tease barrage just going past us like panning in. Yeah. So no, I think that's good for you. Yeah, just have Jeff Stellan with like um, uh, the transporter in the background of the video. Oh, I think they'll be they'll definitely be sold then. Just pig bag in the background. Just no, on but, repeat. <laughs> no, but five minutes long, like you did on the intro that one time, and left it in. Yeah, exactly. I think. Um, oh God, that was bad. That I think it's a, a case where I, you know, we can sell it, but I think, um, you know, we're just not getting it across to potential signings enough of that um you, you can you can be you can be realistic with them um and you can even say look yeah Warnock's on a year and a one year deal so we can't give you anything more than that but what we can give you in this year is that um you know Palmos, free hot dogs <laughs> yeah can't do drinks dinky donuts can't do it <laughs> yeah all of those things um but no what you can get is that you, you're going to get experience obviously from from Neil Warnock in that year um and you're going to get a chance to, and this is obviously comes into the players who you should be targeting, get a chance to get first-team football. So some of the players we might have been going for would have been getting first-team football anyway, and this is where we may be saying about players to target is players who um, maybe have failed to live up to the potential of, of what they used to be, um, and this is where it could be loans for the Premier League and, and other things like that. Um, and I think that's where you've got to, to sell it, so... Well, speaking of contacts, when you know you mentioned that a little bit earlier on, giving people a second chance, would you take like the likes of Ryan Shotton back, maybe on a reduced wage, or do you think the players that have left the club during the time we were playing in that that, that COVID mini season thing, um, are they pretty much done now? Is it like is that done and dusted? They probably aren't welcome back to the club. 
I think they've yeah they've probably failed to agree on a deal, so it probably wouldn't happen. I think out of all of them, I think probably the one that you mentioned, that I, I would give a chance to would be Sean. I think he was probably our best defender. Um, probably bar Ayala in the last season. Um, overall, and I think if you know if we're not going to get anyone, then you kind of have to look at it. But I think probably the not that the bridges have been burned, but I think it's between the club and and Ryan Shaw, and it's, it's probably not going to happen. But you know, thinking if it was me, it'd probably be the only one I'd, I'd maybe give a deal to because we're, we're struggling very much at centre back at the moment. Fair enough. Then anything to add? No, I think if it comes to a point where we are, you know, desperate. Potentially, yeah, because I think we've seen that Ryan Sutton can do a job, but at the same time, I kind of just want to race that that era now. You know, I think what I've gathered from the past month is that it's all changed. You know, there's a massive overhaul, and it, somebody put it on Twitter that it, why does it feel like Millsborough Football Club is shutting down? <laughs> and it feels like it, that's true. To we're a we're like the degree. Woolworths of the Championship, aren't we? Yeah, like yeah. just that sad decline, oh, just not gosh, progressing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with with those players, I do feel as though they have burnt their bridges. They, whether rightly or wrongly, uh, decided to to not play, um, obviously to protect the moves and whatnot. But I think that is a decision that you know that you need to make your bed and lie in it really. So I think that we should move on from those. But if if things come become desperate, we can't get Ben Gibson over the line. We can't get anyone else over the line at centre back. Then. Maybe if, if we get desperate, there's a there's a young striker at Billingham Town who we <laughs> sponsored for the season, Chris Nescaf Dickinson. Uh, you Nescaf. Know hey, it's it's him versus Dimmy next week, the Battle of the Borough Breakdown podcast. Don't want to be versus Billy Town. Maybe we might, maybe we should just go down. I might just go we down should, and yeah. just give yeah. Have Chris with his like little net, like a tin of Nescaf <laughs> and man of the match. Ma- yeah, the man Nescaf of the man of the match. <laughs> Uh, he texted me when I when I said to him I've sponsored you for the season. You know, uh, he just sent me a very aggressive text afterwards. What's funny though, we get like a, we get a Billy Town shirt now. You know, we get um, a signed ball from him. Um, great, that's absolutely. I know great he's only been my friend for about twenty years, so it's <laughs> that's <laughs> brilliant. Signed ball from you, mate. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> he'd love that as well. You know, he'd get probably get it about it, and he's probably listening right now, and he's thinking he's gonna he's stitching me right up here. <laughs> love you really, Chris. Um, but. Let's move on then. Let's chat about like what we identify as success and let's chat about Warnock. Um, so back in the last season, we finished 18th in the championship. End up going on a successful run on the road. I think it was like three wins out of four. Um, Britt seemed to be just scoring from absolutely out of nowhere, um, which he's just been mid-captain in the last couple of games, which is quite interesting, but I'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, but the question from Ian Smith is, uh, what does what sort of season would you deem a success? Ian personally thinks a top 10 finish and a cup run to boost morale. Um, Dana, what, what success for you this year? Well, I remember on our season review podcast, I said, I just want to see us progress. And I think if I was going to put a position on it, probably mid-table, but I, really it's irrelevant to me, I think, league placing, as long as we're above that dotted line at the bottom and as long as we don't have as terrible a season as we had last season. But... I just want to be able to look back at the end of the campaign and know that we've improved as a team. If that means we've scored more goals, brilliant. If it means that we've conceded less, brilliant. If it means that somehow the midfield has, has plucked some creativity from nowhere, then fantastic. But you know, I, I want to be able to look back and know that we've taken significant steps forward as a team. Um, mm. Mid-table for me would, would be would be decent. I was speaking to the voices of the Vic podcast. They said 10th for us, which I think, well, you know, I'd take, well, take 10th. I'll take 10th. I'll take 10th. But oh, yeah, I'll 
Yeah, mid tenth. I'd say tenth. <laughs> What's tenth? tenth? <laughs> we haven't seen that position in a, Dizzy in a while. Heights, those are. <laughs> but yeah, mid table for me. I think that would be um, a building block. Tenth yeah, um, cup run, maybe you know, maybe yeah, a yeah, Carabao yeah, cup, cup final or something, just something like just that. Just casual, so yeah. casual Carabao final. Cup final. I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably have to agree with you. And I think if it was a mid table finish, we'd probably see it as an obvious improvement. But it'd kind of be a bit like you know, meh at the end of the season but I think if we were to get into the top 10 I think obviously if you're in that top 10 you'll have been flirting with the playoff places at some point yeah, um, so I think it would be a, a positive season if that was to happen and like you say a cup run it would be nice as well to boost morale because it would possibly keep it going in the league as well So yeah okay um, I probably agree I think a mid-table finish is something we should probably look for this year but there's also one thing I, I want to mention is distance covered um, it's, a, it's a stat that gets pushed around quite a lot now it's quite a relatively new one and what you tend to see is the teams that cover the most distance tend to get the best results um with likes of Liverpool the likes of Bayern Munich well Bayern Munich you can I think they're kind of juicing a little bit because let me see <laughs> yeah. when I watched the Champions that little Champions League tawny and I was looking at Goretzka and like oh, uh, Thiago and Coutinho and like put on like 10 clem of just I could, pure yeah. muscle Adama. and they're not they even like Adama tired too. not even sweating or anything yeah. I was like that's some good German efficiency or like, you know what I mean? We need to get this guy at the borough, you know what I mean? Yeah. The Han- defo's been like... Hansi Flick's been taking them straight up to the mountains of Austria and they've, they've now got like eight <laughs> pints of blood each or something instead of six. I don't know, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's questionable. It's, yeah. que- it's, it's questionable. But um, yeah, what was surprising, I, I know we're going off on a tangent here, but about all of it, I'll just say quickly, obviously I could, I could see it with Goretzka and things, but Thiago and Coutinho have never been that, that type of player yeah. and now they're just beasts jacked yeah. like they're just like <laughs> ripped to bits like yeah. you know what I mean you could grate your trees on the rabs off me honestly it's ridiculous yeah but it's, it's making me think well why aren't we doing it you know what I mean if, if buying can do uh, it maybe, he's maybe, do, maybe, maybe, maybe Neil's been taking them on some uh, barbecue you yeah, know what some, I mean yeah some country tours in, down in uh, Cornwall I know yeah just injecting like the, the sausages and burgers with like steroids just giving it a brit there you are mate. <laughs> it definitely helped us it probably would help us yeah but in terms of distance covered my original point was I would love Middlesbrough this year to be the most hard working team in the championship teams off the ball difficult to break down very shrewd and when they're not on the ball and they've lost it that high, that high press straight away within that first three or four yards. And if we can't get in the first three or four yards, we foul. So what if we get a yellow card? Do you know what I mean? As long as we keep them compact and we don't lose ourselves in the second and third wave of attack. But that's what I'd ideally want this year. If, we, if I think last year our distance covered was terrible in comparison to like the likes of Leeds who just were beyond everyone else in the, in the championship. I mean, there's no, no doubt they're going to do well in the Premier League this year. But... Um. Yeah, ten to ten to twelve place and a and a good cup run. Yeah, but no. But I doubt we get a cup run, a good cup run. We'll probably lose to like Oxford Shrewsbury. and Shrewsbury. Yeah, I'm expecting. Oh well, yeah. Well, um, lad, I used to go to school with um Brad Walker. He used to play forty with his brother at Billy Town. Zach and um. I was going to mention him there. Yeah. Yeah. So Brad was part of Boroughs Academy as a kid, and then he went to Hartlepool, and, and now he's uh, ended up at Shrewsbury after Rex. He went on loan at Wrexham as well. Yeah. Just waiting for him to score. I'm literally just. That's waiting. why. That's why I was going to mention. I was like, cue the goal. Yeah. Who was it last time? Matty Dolan. Matty Dolan. Yeah. Yeah. Matty Dolan. Um, Newport. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just shambles, aren't we? But anyway, um, nice. one final question before we move into predictions, then we'll go to Shrewsbury at the end. Um, Phil Gill, he said, if promotion is unachievable this season, why are we wasting our time with Warnock? And is Warnock a push or pull factor in getting players to come to Borough? We kind of mentioned the second part of answered that, but that first part, of, are we wasting our time with Neil this year? Open I, question. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about this when I seen the question. I thought I think there's a big difference to what is said in the press and what's um, said to the players and what people's underlying beliefs are. You know, if you were putting yourself in in Neil Warnock, you wouldn't go into something thinking tenth is good, but it'd be an obvious improvement on last season. Obviously. Um, and this goes for any job, not even just football. You're going to go into it thinking you can do it to the best of your ability. You're going to go into every game winning it. And I know that's a, a kind of um, thing that's said, you know, in every press conference and um, and spouted by players all the time. Um, but we want to be finishing as high as possible. And I think obviously he'd take on any job for that fact. But I think he he loves being the underdog. And he said in in some of his press conferences that he loves um, coming in and helping players become just from mediocre to better he wants to improve players and I think um, even though I don't think we'll be there's any chance of us going up next season I think we'll give it a real good go I think obviously we'll just fall short because obviously the squad is, is not good enough in comparison to a lot of the other um, to the, a lot of the other teams but um, in terms of managers I think you know we have to count ourselves lucky that we've got a good manager with yeah. a very poor squad because otherwise it could be you know if we had a very inexperienced manager with this squad I'd be I'd be pinning us definitely on for relegation yeah, yeah. So. I, th- he, I think he is probably the best manager in the championship for just like for what he's done well, in, this, in this league the record yeah. speak for itself so he's I think, if, I think he's got one last thing to prove I think this is this is definitely his last job I think this is like this is it uh, he's, been, he's only been saying this since 2008 it's so. 2003 um, <laughs> it's, it's the last dance yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this. This is the last moment. If, if he did ever, you know, if we got into the playoffs this year, it's probably one of his biggest achievements. I was going to say. That. I was oh, going to say it would yeah. be the biggest I'd achievement. Get, I think this when, is when, the biggest when, when Cardiff, when Cardiff got promoted, I know they didn't have a great squad. No one would have pinned them for a portion, but they were probably had a squad that could maybe finish about tenth, twelfth anywhere. Um, but you know, from, to come from where we were last year, and if we finish in the playoffs, it'd be. Yeah. It'd be if insane. we get promoted this year, I will get horny for one. He tattooed on my ass. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, I hope we do now. That'd be right. That'd be, I've bookmarked that. Yep, skins and needles. Yeah, we're not letting you forget that. Fine, I'll take it. Um, well, all right, then let's move to predictions. Then, um, so there's one, two, three. There's I've got five questions for you. Um, and we'll start off with the number one of who do you think is going to go up this year? For me. Brentford, Watford, and Norwich. Uh, I was asked this on the Watford podcast. You said Watford, didn't you? Just to be nice, didn't you? I didn't. No, no, I actually didn't. But I do think they're they're going to go down because I was looking at their squad. They've got a lot of flair. They've got a lot of flair and a lot of you know attacking prowess. Where I think you know in the championship before, I was looking at their goal stats actually. Uh, goal scored from like the last few seasons in the championship. I think they scored like ninety two at one point. Um, I think it was a season that we. Uh, got into the playoffs you know that they know how to score goals in the championship they were telling me that they struggled last season to score goals in the premier league but you know they've they've got experience there they've got massively experienced players they've got troy deeney the captain who has has been there and done it in the championship so 
you know, I think with them, even if they lose the likes of Delafu, Decore, you know, they are going to be a fantastic um, team. And they've got a, a striker actually, Luis Suarez, not the Luis Suarez, wow. but um, Suarez he, he plays. <laughs> he plays for Barcelona. Think... Losing everyone. <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, I've told him that he can go leave on the free. That's mad. That. Well, he's got anyway. no worries, isn't he? Because he got Borica in his uh, <laughs> in his house. But yeah, um, he played for Zaragoza last season, I believe, and um, fantastic record in in uh, in that division. So. Um, he's he's definitely one to watch. I think they've got is he Penaranda or something as well. I think I don't know whether I've completely butchered the pronunciation of his name there or made, made one up. I mean, if I have, it's just his pro evo version of, of him. But yeah, um, he's you know they've got some good players. I think they will go up. I had to check the like the managers because I was like I can't remember. I think I'm sure they've hired like three managers since Pearson. Oh, yeah. um, but Vladimir Ivich has, has took over. Obviously, he was a former manager of Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, so we'll give him about three games in. We'll, we'll go from there, but in, a good, good choice was it was Brentford, Watford, and Norwich. Yeah. Um, Els, top. Who do you think is going to go up this year? I put down for top two as Norwich and Brentford. I think Norwich will absolutely walk it again. I think it'll be a case of like when Burnley went up down and then just just walked it again when they came back down. Um, they're going to keep a majority so of the really same squad by team, the by yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. They were they were a young squad anyway, and they've had a year in the Premier League now. Um, on top of that, they're, they're obviously going to keep hold of Daniel Farker. Um, so I think they're shoe ins for for the title. Um, Brentford, I think, will be up there again. I think they'll want to, you know, they'll want to kind of go up permanently this time. That they'll want to go up in the automatic spots after missing out. They'll um, do it. They'll so. do what we did. I think. In I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I did have Watford down, but I think it's, I think they could struggle as well. Um. I think them and Bournemouth are just not as strong as Norwich when they come down. I think, mm. I think they could both be out of it. I think they could nick a sort of fifth, sixth spot, Watford. Um, but I also think the likes of Swansea and Cardiff and Forest could definitely yeah. be in there again. I think um, Cardiff were, were really good at the back end of last year, and I think um, they could even push for um, yeah. top two as well. So there's, there's some fantastic teams this year um, which, which in the championship and they say that it's not as high a quality this year obviously a lot, a lot of pundits have said that but when, when you've looked at it and you look at this, this this league from last year the teams that come up like Derby came, as soon as Rooney came in they just seemed to elevate towards the top half of the table yeah I think they finished, end up finishing 10th in the end didn't yeah, they? yeah. Not, not as far as can go again you know Birmingham have, have got Itar now and he's starting to bring the teams together and you know what Itar's record's like in this league um, yeah I, I would even put them so, down as a, I mean You've probably yep. got the question in a minute, the surprise package. Um, oh, man, stop saying the questions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going one over, but as you mentioned Birmingham, it kind of it came to my head straight away. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got a surprise package for them. The, the three I've got for going up are Norwich, Brentford, and I've put Bournemouth in there. Um, just, just the reason being the, the players they're selling and the amount of money they're going to be generating and the amount of money they're being backed with, financially, they can really throw a lot of money at it this year and just... Get, obviously, it doesn't always work. We are a fine example of this. Um, but Bournemouth, like, Eddie Howell leaving is a, is a big blow, but hiring his assistant makes sense because he's been working under him for about five, six, seven years. So the same philosophies there, the same principles, I think he's going to do. And he's ha- he's got some good backroom staff as well. I think it's two former England coaches as well. I can't remember the top of my head. Isn't that Bristol City? Is that Bristol City? Yeah, yeah Bristol, obviously, yes. Yeah, that's City, Dean Hall yeah. at Bristol City, yeah. Um but obviously, I think with Bomb, I think they've, they've got the, the minerals there to, to get themselves up. But Bristol City could be a surprise package as well. But yeah, exactly. before we go there, um, we're going to go to who's going down, 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 down. Um, 
Can I, can I start off? Yeah. I'm going I'm to say Chef Wednesday, minus 12 points, quite, quite difficult. And also their, ho- their form last year after Christmas was absolutely dreadful. Um, I'm going to go with Wickham. I think Wickham just don't have the quality there, but I think they're going to be a difficult team to break down. Just the way they play, very long ball, very shrewd, quite... Quite Tony Pulis esque. I think they'll give it a good go, just just as Luton did um, yeah. last season. I, th- I think they'll obviously give it a good go. Quality might tell. They'll have a chance, possibly a, a staying up. But th- yeah. it's one of those. I think that, as we've said with transfers across all the leagues, it, it wasn't not like it wasn't a great time for them to come up. But they, they probably haven't been able to strengthen as much as they would have liked to. I yeah. imagine. Um, and then I went with Rotherham because it's Rotherham just, it's just the yo-yo club out in this <laughs> up and down it's either always Barnsley or Rotherham be. every year you know what I mean it is, just like, it is. It's still, but anyway who's going down I went Chef Wed Wickham and Luton but you, I mean you could put you could put Barnsley in there you could put um, Rotherham in there Nathan Jones did well mm, you know it's 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 a tough one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Rotherham go down. They do have that orky corky, don't they? They go up, they go down. They they're like the West Brom of the West Brom of the Championship, yeah, yeah. in League One, yeah. Um, but I think Chef Wedge. I'd love to see them go down just because Gary Monk. I'd love it if they went down. Love, love it. it. Love it. Um, I've got I've got Chef Wed as well. I think uh, the minus twelve points and and the momentum coming in this season from the end of last. I think it'll just be it'll be tough for them to to pull themselves out of it. Um, I've got Wickham as well. Um, I, I think again that, like you said, it could be replaced by a number of different teams. Um, depends on the form, who it's a bit of form and stuff. A lot in the mix last year. I think uh, the third one that I went with, um, is Huddersfield. Um, obviously they were down struggling with us, um, last season. I think, um, just sort of hiring, um, in in the way that they they sacked, um. Uh, who am I thinking? Uh, I Ka- um, Cowley Brothers. Yeah, Cowley. Um, in the way that they, they sacked them, it's almost almost like with Pearson with Watford. It was just kind of a bit baffling, and then just hiring um, someone who was maybe unproven in this league, along with the players that they've got, and they can now can't offload because they're not worth as much as what they are in the bottom for um, because of the value dropping significantly in this market. Um, I think they're just going to really struggle for quality um, and. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be down there again, and I think but once they get on a bad run, it's not the same as maybe a Wickham or Luton, where they have a better team mentality and spirit um, because they've they've been down there before and they, and they know they're going to be down there. Whereas maybe some of the players who might be at Huddersfield, like Terence Congolo, he might be like, "What am I doing playing here in the champion?" You know, like, almost like how some Val players have been, where they've kind of just given up and. Um, and you know you might see a few of these fake injuries like what we had with Randolph and Ayala and whatnot, um, yeah. and uh, they might have to rely on some of their under twenty threes, and it could be a tough season for them. Fair enough. Um, well, Carlos Corberan is the manager now. Uh, Bielsa is assistant, so who knows? Um, Bielsa probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, it, it could go the complete opposite way. I think just the squad's very. Poor, um, and if he's taking on okay. his first managerial role, it could be could be quite difficult. But yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. So we've got a surprise team uh, package of the season. Uh, I've put three down. I'm quite torn. Um, quite a few, but there's which teams do you think are going to be the surprise package this year? Well, uh, I agree with Elliot in Birmingham, but then two more popped into my head. I think Bristol City potentially and Stoke. Uh, Stoke could be a uh, a surprise package. Um, I don't know what their signings have been like Stop. this season, actually. Oh, they uh, signed John Obi 
John Oliver Mikel. <laughs> no, we, won't, we won't say his, his, his other nickname. But uh, it's, 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 it's not even 11 o'clock this morning. and We're, we're, we're cracking up. Cracking yeah. up. Sorry. But no, I think Stoke, potentially, I think Michael O'Neill is a good manager. He could propel them up, uh, up the division. They, they, I mean, they do have some good players. They just criminally underperformed last season. They just didn't gel. Um, but I think they could be a dark horse. I know everyone's saying... Uh, Birmingham because I think the Karanka link, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Stoke be up there. Else, mm. um, uh, I, I did have Birmingham down, but another one that I had um, a bit of a, a strange one possibly is Barnsley, um, and it is because uh, and I'm kind of Barnsley, yeah. and I'm kind of going off something that I read, and obviously I don't know the ins and outs of every club, so it kind of helped to read a bit of a, a season preview of it. Um, it was from uh, Bet Victor, um, and it was just on about. And I think we talked about last season that they have quite a young squad. Um, and I think that togetherness that they have as a squad and being able to survive mm-hmm. last season can help them push on. And I'm not going to say they're going to get promoted, but I think they'll do a lot better than what we would think. think of what Barnsley yeah. do. Um, and I think if they're in and around mid-table and, again, sort of flirting with the idea of, you know, we're only six points off the off the playoffs, it could give them a bit of a belief to be like, actually, you know what, we're, we're good enough here. Um, and it, it went into a little bit about their manager um, and their sort of style of play. Um, and it was just quite interesting to sort of see the the way in, in which they play, which you'd normally just think, you know, anyone who's down there at the bottom is just going to be a, a sort of long ball team. But they, they've tried to play a, a half-decent brand of football considering they've been um, flirting with relegation a lot. So um be quite an interesting season for them. I think they've they've kept most of the squad together as well, so um should be quite good. Fair enough. Um for this for the signings, Dana, for for Stoke, the, the four players have brought in this year. Oh sorry. I oh was it four players? Yeah, so, yeah, four players. Uh, Morgan Fox, James Chester, Stephen Fletcher, and John Old Mikel. The four signs saw bags of experience and and all the players to be honest. Yeah. Um but in terms of surprise team package, I went with three. Um I've mentioned Barnsley. I think Barnsley could be, do a lot better than that done previous years. Um, Birmingham, just with the all links, I think it's quite easy to say that he's going to do quite well. And with the signs he's bringing in, you've got Danny Cow, uh, Danny Cow, is it Cow, or was it oh, Crowley, 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 Crowley yeah. yeah. Ben Strickland will kill me for that. <laughs> Couldn't remember his name. Um, but also, I went with Coventry. Mark Robbins there. He's doing a fantastic job. Got really about Coventry, you know. Really young sides. Um, play some good football as well and. I think if have some stability again this year. I think I think they're still playing at St Andrews, um, but I just think they're a very very good team. I don't know back back of Yorko as well. That, that big centre forward holds the ball quite well. I quite like the look of him last year. Jody Jones, who was has been injured and injured and injured, he has quality. Just just can't get a bit mm. looking. But he comes through. He'll be all right. Callum O'Hare as well. I think he was on loan from Aston Villa, but I think he's been given an option another year. I could be wrong. Um, but I think, yeah, Mark Robbins has done so, so, such a good job. I even mentioned him on previous podcasts where when we were looking for a new manager rather than Neil, Mark Robbins was one of the top of my list. I think he's a great, great manager. And he's done well everywhere he's went. I think Huddersfield, um, but also Coventry as well. But they're my surprise package. Um, but in terms of Bor- who do you think Bora's best player... Oh, sorry. Who do you think Bora's player of the year will be there? I've gone with Ashley Fletcher. I think it's going to be a big season for Fletcher. He looks like he's a completely different player. He looks confident. He looks like he's got his mojo back. Um, he just he looks he looks like he's fit and ready to go. And I think Fletcher will probably be out. I wouldn't be surprised if he's our top scorer. The bagsman Fletch. I went with the strike partner Brit. Um, oh. There's a bit oh. of a uh, heat there, but um, no, it's. Uh, I think 
it's good that we both kind of had that though because I think what Warnock was saying in one of those press conferences of about how poor the 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 scoring record's been over the past mm-hmm. few years and he almost seems appalled by it and I think what that this is finally I, I hope one year where we're actually not going to be one of the lowest scorers in the championship because I'm I'm sick of it I, I, can, I can take conceding goals like a lot of teams can concede goals but that they, they score a lot as well um but we just we don't seem to score enough and it's it's very boring being down on the concourse for 70 minutes at a game um so watch out of it <laughs> imagine if you watched the full game <laughs> jesus christ you'd be in for so, a treat son so um yeah so it, it just it brings excitement even if it's uh, uh i know it is a results-based business but you know everyone would prefer a, a 3-3 drive a week than losing you know yeah, one nil or something. Do you know what I mean? Or, or even just scraping out a one nil Tony Pulis when it, it's one of those. It's there's no sort of entertainment. I think our strikers will do a lot better than what they've done in previous years. And I think I, I kind of picked Brit over Fletcher just because of the end of season form. Um, mm. So yeah. I've went with Marcus Tavernier. Mm. Um, I think Tav played really well after that COVID break, and uh, he looked very sharp. And I'm hoping he's he's went away in the summer. Oh well, for the last couple of weeks, and just went rather than go out on the sesh like most players do, or like start hitting people in <laughs> in Mykonos like Barry Maguire has. Um, look, I think I, I hope he's, he's buckled. Up. He's went down and just went like, look, I need to work on my fitness. I need to get sharper. I want to make. Do you think he'll, he'll get this? And I really hope he does. I, honestly, I really hope he gets game time this year. That's what you're going to probably. Do you, no, I, I was going to say, do you think he'll if he does sort of get a player of the year? Do you think it'll be from the midfield position rather than out wide? I do. I do. I think he's gonna. If we are gonna play that three-five-two, um, I think you can see him behind the strikers this mm, year. Agree. I yeah, think you I can. That. That, I think that's more of his natural position. Um, and I just think he'll come through. Obviously, that I want to mention like Jed. I think Jed's gonna hopefully come through again this year if he stays. Um, and also Fletch if he stays as well. I think that the two players that you think oh, they could leave if we have to shift uh, shift players and get fees for. And I think we can get fees for the pair of them. Won't get our money back on Fletch. Which was, you know, expected. Uh, yeah. But with Jed, we can get money for him. And I think if if the right price came along, unfortunately, I'd have to let him go. But I'd probably follow him because I love him so much. Um, surprise, Bora player of the year, uh, Els. Um, I went with one of the the youth players that we we thought might come through. So I went with Sam Stubbs. Um, I think with him being twenty one, I think um, you know, it was kind of like reminiscent of of course and getting in the team last year. And I think he's probably. Probably got the most chance, one, because of his age, um, two, because of the loans, and three, because of how much we're lacking in, in centre-back um, at the moment. Uh, and if there's any sort of um, injury doubt from either Grant Hall or Dale Fry, or there's any sort of you know poor performance from either of them, I think he'll he'll get a, he'll get a chance. Um, and, and if he grabs it, great. I think another one to sort of add to the list of, of people that we're bringing through our academy. Um, so, yeah. Right. Dinner? I've gone with Marcus Brown. I'm quite mm. confident about Marcus Brown yeah. this year. He is a good player. He just needs mm. to iron out that ill discipline. Yeah. Um, do you remember when he got taken off a half-time two games in a row? And <laughs> That's pretty bad, yeah. that is it? Yeah, that's just what gets shown. I do not trust you as a player. Yeah, um, yeah it doesn't scream confidence yeah. in the player, does it? No. What was good from him is when they interviewed him a couple of weeks ago and he just said he's came back as a different player. He's going to get his head down and work hard. Yeah, he's saying all the right things. And you're pretty much told to you get pretty much you get a card pretty much presented to yeah. you when you're a player, um, just to, to what to say. But look, he scored in that that little friendly we've just had when we won three one, and 
I think you're right. He, he could really come into his own in this year. And he played really well at Oxford um, the back did, end of last yeah, year. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I put him down. I also put George Savile. George Savile, uh, he's both looking at me like, what? George Savile, seven, no, I, George I, Savile, I, I seven million. Agree. I actually agree with that, though. Yeah. Um, I, I slightly I do. It could be a surprise this year. Yeah, I think we were all in sort of a almost a, a subtle agreement last year that he, he'd, he'd improved. And I, uh, I think... I think um, this is different, obviously, depending on the formation as well. And I th- um, we were saying if he's playing more of a holding role, I think he's got a, a good eye for a pass. And I, and I think then he's not, because we, we were saying about McNair being the problem and they're trying to do the same yeah. role. And I think if he's having that holding role, um, then I, I think it kind of covers a position that we're trying to, trying to yeah. sign for as well. And um, the midfield three is is very critical to, to how you want to set them up and, and the, the kind of roles that you give them. And I think if you've got like House and, and Tavernier in front of Savile and Savile's like the holding playmaker, then mm-hmm. um, I think it could work really well. Yeah, I agree. I think the House and Savile partnership this year could be really good for us, especially playing that three-five-two or even the four-two-three-one as well. I think they give us a good base to work from. And um, I think obviously you see the likes of probably Wing and McNair probably not feature as much this year, um, which you could probably see McNair and McNair could depart. even help out in defence mm. as exactly. well. To be fair, I think. Um, and we've also got Tav probably occupying that number ten role. Um, I don't think we'll see much of Lewis Wing this year. Uh, I'd, even though he did score seven goals last year, I think he was our third top scorer. I think, I personally he's think... Very, he's very poor under the yeah. games. Under I personally Warnock, think Warnock's a bit like, I, I don't trust you as much as a, as, as a player. And I think you could see him potentially leave or he just won't play as much as you are if he's going to accept being a bit part player. Um, but let's... let's We've done Boris League position as well. So let's just chat about Shrewsbury. Let's just break Shrewsbury down very quickly. First game of the season, Carabao Cup. Um, I'll pass the, the mic over to you too. Yeah, I was looking at Shrewsbury. They've got some familiar names. They seem to like to sign players from Wolves. They've got um, Ethan Ebanks-Landell, who used to play for Wolves, David Edwards, the um, Scott Goldborn as well. Uh, they've got Josh Eller, who used to play for Bolton, Jason Cummings from uh, Forest. He played for Hibs as well, probably most known for his time there. Um, they've got a lot of experience in that team. They, they placed 15th last campaign. I was having a look. They were actually the... Uh, second worst scorers in League One with just 31 goals. Um, they did play, I think, a three at the back for, uh, or five at the back formation uh, that manager Sam Ricketts is is breaking away from. He's played four three three in pre-season. Um, he, he want he said he wants more fluidity up front. He, he wants uh, a more attacking team. Um, and I'd look out for a new signing, uh, Raquel Pike, who signed from Huddersfield. Uh, speedy player, powerful, bound to cause uh, a few problems for, for fullback should he feature. So it's either going to be one of those games where it's two horrible sides in terms of scoring goals, and it'll be a nil nil and probably lose on penalties, <laughs> or it could be a decent game. I was going to think of that. Uh, the only thing I had to add is um, obviously Josh Laurent left for Reading didn't he mm-hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see how they maybe fill that gap in midfield because it was another player we were linked with I don't think a, a sort of heavy link as maybe some of the others but um, yeah I was sort of looking at the signs as well they've only signed that basically they signed two from Woodersfield so it was just that Raquel Pike but Scott High as well on loan but he was on loan last season as well so it's um, it's not like it's a new player as, as such but um, yeah it'll be a it, it feels good to finally have the um, I know it hasn't been a long break, but um, football back in some capacity, and I hope it's I hope it's not too long until we 
we get to obviously go to the stadium. But um, yeah, like I say we'll be able to to watch it and things. And and I hope that's the start of a a good cup run, as um, as Ian Smith said. Yeah. Okay. So finally, do you think Millsborough go over a bit of a strong team on on a on Friday? It's Friday. Yeah. It's yeah. Friday. I, I feel like we'll play. We'll probably play Sam Stubbs. Um, we'll probably play. Maybe a couple of the young younger players. I think this is the time to um, first game of the season, cup game. What do you go full strength? You know, maybe. I, th- I think I, th- I think a mix. Yeah, because I think the, I think the full strength anyway isn't too far away from blending <laughs> in the youth anyway, because <laughs> exactly. the youth have become the, the first team pretty much. So um, I think yeah, I think it'll be a bit of a mix. Okay, and I know I said finally, but Ainsley Pears or Dejan Stjanovic? Pears. Stjanovic. I'm going Dejan as well. I think Dejan's. Uh, Don't worry, Ben. I've got you back. I went for pairs. <laughs> Throwing it out there, pairs pairs aren't that good. Um, <laughs> uh, but look, if 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 Ainsley pairs comes through this year and does well, then credit to him. Like fair, get fair for pairs tattooed. On absolutely your ass well. not. Um, but fair <laughs> play to him. Like he's. I reckon it's going to be a new humble pie this season. It's between you and Ainsley pairs. Yeah, now. can we move? Can we move the humble pie Maybe. away from me, please? I, I'm allergic. I, I, have, I have nothing against Ainsley pairs. I just, I just <laughs> don't think that. I think Asking Dejan's probably the, the right choice. But if I was in an ideal world, I would get a new keeper. If we could, mm, but yeah. any. Yeah, new yeah. keeper. Yeah, everyone agrees with that one, don't they? Yeah. We, we are. Link- we are. We are. <laughs> so. Seemingly in the market. Um, one, but it'll be remain to see what happens because I think we've got three. So if we we have if we get one, we're gonna have to. Yeah, got have five, to haven't we? Well done. We've got Dejan, Ainsley Pears, um, Mayas, Mayas, and Solbrin. Ma- yeah, Zach Emin, Solbrin, Joe Fryer, Solbrin. I don't know. It seems weird that we're in the market for one. Yeah, I could Dimmy. Do it. I could Dimmy. <laughs> get him on loan for Thornaby. <laughs> you know, two hundred fifty bags a week or something daft like that. Um, <laughs> All right, then. Well, that wraps things up, then. Uh, so, as always, guys, like, share, subscribe uh, to the Boy Breakdown podcast. If you've seen us on Apple Podcasts, give us five-star written and uh, leave us a comment there. And um, That really helps us get found, but also we'll read the comments out this year to say thank you from, uh, from us. And we'll even if you leave your Twitter handle or your Facebook profile or Instagram handle or anything, that, we'll just DM, DM you as well to thank you uh, for that. But that's pretty much it. Middlesbrough uh, playing Shrewsbury Town on Friday. The season is about to begin. That was all of your match day chatter in the pod. Up the board breakdown. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravenelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravenelli spots out. These tracks on Red Army Radio. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.